One thing, uh, Commitment Sundays, you've heard that term used. If you're a guest with us today, we're very pleased you're here. Uh, this part really toward the end is not really aimed at you, but all the rest is just worship and sharing together and celebrating, uh, turning toward God and learning as well in our faith. So be aware of that again. Uh, but if you're a guest, we're, we're pleased you worship, chose to worship with us this morning on a very special Commitment Sunday. Uh, Easter is a special day of the year as well. We have on Easter weekend, we have around 6,000 people in worship. Uh, Christmas Eve, a great time, the candles, all that, 6,000 people are so in worship. Commitment Sunday, not so much. Uh, there is a subtle difference in the attendance presence in those services. You're, you're certainly aware of that because you know we're going to talk a little bit about money, and that's often a, a little different focus for us behind Easter uh, and Christmas Eve. And I think one of the reasons for that is I think sometimes we might be a little bit skeptical about any conversation about dollars live in a world where really everybody seems like wants some of our money. They want us to give them something, buy something, offer something. That's just the way the world we live in seems to be. So we can be very easily skeptical. I'll show you some pictures of the things that, that Christians try to sell Christians. So get it with me now. Christians are trying to sell Christians these products. I'll show you the first picture of one of those. Uh, this is uh, pretty interesting. Jesus action pictures, and I especially note cross not included. And I thought, okay, somebody wants me to buy that, and I guess somebody is. Anything to not create skepticism about Christian faith, that might do it. Second picture. Uh, this is a puppy dog nativity scene. See a little puppy there in the manger? You know, I, I don't know. And you may have that. If you do, that's fine. That's okay. Uh, but you know, somebody's trying to sell that. It, it can kind of lessen a little bit the significance of Christmas, maybe. A little bit, I don't know, but that's possible. A third picture. Now, this was fascinating to me. Those are beach sandals. On the bottom it says, Jesus saves. So when you take a step, the sand will have your imprint of Jesus saves behind you. So I guess people will follow you and say, I want to believe in Jesus. There it is in the sand. I've got to, I, don't, I don't get that one either. But, but somebody wants you to buy that, and they're going to charge you 12 bucks for it, I'm guessing. And, and you'll be able to change the world, I suppose, with those. If you have those, again, don't tell me. I don't want to know. Uh, fourth picture, the last one, Jesus 3D glasses. And I have no idea what that means. I'm not sure what you see when you look through them. But somehow I guess the world has a different look when you have Jesus 3D glasses on that you bought for probably buck ninety-five or something like that, you know, to do that. But that's the world we live in. So I want to keep that in mind. We take that picture off now. Enough of Jesus 3D glasses. When I uh, was in Bible college uh, back in my early 20s, my wife and I uh, were there for several years. I attended when I was about, probably thinking how old I was, probably about 23, 24. Went and visited my mom and dad's church in Texas. We were going to school in Missouri at the time. And there I went, and I found some things that they had uh, in their church that Sunday morning that I'd never seen before. It was a mystery to me. I'll show you the first picture of that. There were signs up everywhere saying, Pony Express, stewardship campaign for the whole family. I had never seen that before. I had no idea what that meant or what that was. Uh, Rhonda and I have been tithing for number, all our married life. We've been tithing, giving 10% to the church. And so I said, what's a stewardship campaign? And it's for the whole family. There's a horse and riders called the Pony Express. How many know what the Pony Express is or have seen that in your life? Uh, a few of you have been a part of that. You, you probably have gray hair if you have. Uh, but if you don't, that's okay. 
but I want you to see that. Now, second picture was also something else. And this was actually in the narthex of the foyer. There was a saddle that was on a stand. And that saddle was one of the symbols of the Pony Express stewardship campaign. Thirdly, there was uh, these saddlebags. And the saddlebags, after I talked to my parents about what is all that, those saddlebags have pledge cards in them. And they're supposed to take them and fill them out and then take them to their neighbor. And there's kind of a station master who oversees that in small groups. And so eventually, everybody in the church takes one, fills it out, puts your pledge back in there, takes it to the next house, and each one delivers it throughout the community. And in the end, somehow, we raise the funds. Now, when I, when I saw that and heard of that, my thought was, as a 23, 24-year-old, here's what, now this is what I'm thinking, that's, this is what I thought to myself at that stage of my life, this seems really dumb. That's what I, this is really dumb. And I made a promise to myself, Mike, you're never, ever going to do a Pony Express trip campaign in your church. You're never going to do that. That is not how we're going to raise money for the kingdom of God. Not criticizing it. I said, I'm not going to do that. That's not how we're going to raise money for the kingdom of God. That's not how we're going to give. That's not how I understand what giving is supposed to be or do. It's understanding of faith. And there are the words on the book of James, talking about a live, living faith. To me, faith must be, should be, can be, ought to be a tangible thing. Tangible means I can hold it, feel it, touch it. It's not intangible. It's not just something, well, I kind of believe, I think, or I have this feeling, or I have these, these thoughts in my head, you know, or, or here's the doctrines that I can put down on paper. That's not the faith the book of James is talking about. It's talking about a live faith that is tangible. It's not an attitude, it's an action. It's not a belief, it's a lifestyle. It's not what I mentally assent to, it's partnership with God in a living, growing, maturing, day-by-day lifestyle that I live. That's what it should be and could be and ought to be and can be. That's what I mean by live faith in that sense of life and faith, a commitment to do things. Faith is becoming real. It becomes real. It becomes real when we confess our sins to God. One thing to say, I believe there is such a thing as sin. It's another to say, well, I'm a sinner myself. God, forgive me. Faith becomes real when I do that. Faith becomes real when I change my life. Faith becomes real when my behavior changes. Faith can become real when I make a commitment to give to God consistently, regularly, monthly, lifelong in my walk with my Heavenly Father. That's what Jesus is teaching about faith. James is telling us about faith. And this amazing illustration that Jesus uses offers us about faith. Now, there are a lot of things that we probably believe or or wonder about or think about. You know, and, and for me, the real question about anything related to faith is, do I really believe in Jesus Christ? So you answer that question for yourself. Do I believe in him? Do I believe that he is the Son of God? Do I believe that he is divine? Do I believe that he is a savior? Do I believe that he was raised? Do I believe in him? Do I believe that what he taught is true, is from God, is right? Do I believe those things? 
Do I believe them? Do, do, so, so much do I believe them that they're tangible, that Jesus is tangible to me when I pray, when I worship, when I have a need in my life, when I pray, uh, all that I am about in my Christian life. So I'm going to give you a, a verse. This is the teaching of Jesus. And here's what he says, uh, really about giving and generosity. Put that up for me, please, if you would. Yeah. Give, and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, keep that up, if you would, for a while. Now, we look at that, and we can say, that's a nice verse. I like it. I like the image of it. You know, it certainly fits this today, uh, Commitment Sunday, a stewardship campaign day. Uh, but I, the question still is, do I believe in the Jesus who said this, who taught this, who modeled this, who gives it to you and me? Do I believe that he knows what he's talking about? Do I believe that this is true, that he said it? Do I believe it's a teaching? Do I believe he has my best interest at heart, that he wants a living faith, but also in that faith and what Jesus often talked about, an abundant, good, blessed make a difference, growing, special life. And that this is a key part of that. I believe that it is. Certainly, Jesus, Jesus is the most generous man who ever lived. And we are probably never more like Jesus than we are when we are generous ourselves. This reflected in all kinds of generosity levels, not just financial giving. Being generous with our life and our love and sharing with others and simply what generosity means in the fullness, wholeness, uh, complexion of life. It's all that. So I want you to look at that last part of that verse again. You look this way, really. I'm looking that way. But for with the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. Uh, now, I asked uh, Rhonda to give me all the measuring stuff we have in our house. And so she gave me everything. I would not have been able to find it. Might not have known what it was if I did. But here are some things she gave me, some measuring spoons. Uh, and here's one that says one tablespoon. That is how much this will hold, I understand. I think you have to level off the top, one tablespoon. Here's one half tablespoon. Here is uh, one half, uh, 2.5 milliliters. Here's a one-fourth tablespoon. Some might recognize this as size. I, I have to read on there what they are. Now, look at them again where it says, if with the measure you use, the measure to you. So we have a choice. You know, we can say, I want to give a, this is the measure that I want to be generous with. Now, I'm, I'm talking about financial stuff today, but it goes beyond that in life. Generosity reflected in lots of different ways, so please don't forget that. It's not just being generous with my money. That's a key part today, especially uh, being generous with my life, myself, who I am, how I give to others. Uh, that is generosity. Now, I'm going to show you some other cups. Here's one uh, that's a lot bigger. It's two cups. And so really compared to this and this, this is a lot larger measure. Uh, how many knew that without me telling you? This is a lot larger measure. I'm going to put another one out. And I especially like this one because Rhonda told me it's my mother's cup. When she passed away, we got some of her stuff. My dad was going to sell in a garage sale. And we said, you can't sell my mom's stuff. And so we got this one and brought it home. We didn't have to buy it either. My dad gave it to us, but uh, even though it was in a garage sale. Uh, four cups. 
How many of this was four cups? A few of you out there, a few did. Mostly women I see, but there might be a man or two who recognize that. Four cups is a pretty big one. Now, now, that wasn't all. She found some other stuff that I thought was pretty fascinating, things I've really never seen before. These little measuring cup, these little measuring spoons, and I discovered there is such a thing as a dash. Not not a half a not a half a cup, not a, not four 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 cups, you know, not a quart, a dash, uh, and then you can get even smaller than that. You can go to a pinch. Now I thought I knew what a pinch was. Don't pinch anybody, please. Uh, this is a, a different kind of pinch. To me, when it, the little bit if a little bit of time I cook, to me more is always better. So if a little garlic is good, why not more? So I would never measure anything in that respect. Uh, and, and here's the smallest that she had. Anybody know what that's called? Smidgen. That's the house you want to eat at. Everyone who knew what this was, that's where you want to eat. Because they're going to be able to cook to know what a smidgen is. And now, now, you're with me, right? Okay, which life do I want to live? Now, Jesus is the one telling us, not me. I mean, you may say, you may say well, why is it? Pre-? No, Jesus is the one who teaches this. Do we believe that he is God? We believe that he's our Savior. We trust him to forgive our sins, to bless us in difficult days, to get us to heaven one day in everlasting life. We believe the Bible says one day we'll see him face to face. We got all that part down. Well, how about this part that he teaches again and again and again and again? And the Bible's full of, which life do you want to live? See, salvation is simple. God forgive my sins, and he does that. But we have to partner in this life. This is partnership with God. This is walking with God. This is experiencing God. This is reveling of faith that becomes real and tangible. It directs not only our generosity, but every part of our life is influenced by this. How I think, how I feel, how I relate, how I walk, how I deal with difficult issues, and how I celebrate the good days as well as serve others as I've been served. Love others as I've been loved, blessed as I've been blessed, and give as I've received. So, so the Bible, Jesus says, if we believe what he's talking about is true, we believe in him. Jesus is saying, it's your choice. Which life do you want to live? Smidgen life or the four cups life? And someone told me, they come bigger than this, I've been told. I didn't know that. They come, there's some kind of A cup that's twice this size. But we have our choice. God says we have our choice. We are taught that in the passage. And I want to say, add to this today, that as a preacher, you know, it's not my task, it's no preacher's task to make people feel better about the life they're living. It's always our task to help people live a better life, a fuller life, a more meaningful life, and a more, I'm following Jesus and believe in Jesus' life, help all of our faith become tangible. And tangible faith is, what does James say? A living faith that we're act upon by what we do. Part of that's what you've done today. You've come to church. That's part of tangible faith. I came to church. We worshiped. We had an offering. Uh, we sang some hymns. I listened to a sermon. You know, I may or may, may have taken notes, but that's tangible faith, along with all we're talking about today in maybe putting a commitment card at the end of our service or putting that in uh, next week, or mailing it in, or going online and doing it, going home and praying about it for a while first to be sure I'm doing what I feel like I should do, and making a decision. The smidgen life, or that full big life, God says, it's your choice. 
how you want to walk with me, what kind of faith you want to live by, and how you want to grow in that faith as a Christian. And four things that, that are added to the message today that I want to simply to share with you, teaching points, I guess you might call them, message page if you want to take notes on that. Uh, generosity births generosity. Uh, in fact, one translation of the same verses that I just read uh, uh, that Jesus spoke says generosity begats, that's King James Version, generosity. That in my life, generosity grows in me, for me, through me, and around me, and by me, by my own decision about how I'm going to live up my faith in generosity. Now again, Jesus teaches that. The Bible teaches that. We decide if we believe it or not. Is it true or not? Uh, am I going to live by that or not? Jesus knows what he's talking about or not. So it's up to you and I to make the decision about that. Secondly, if faith can be tangible, then generosity might be the evidence of that. Because generosity always requires a sacrifice. We have to give up to be generous. Might be time we give up. Might be money we give up. Might be how we feel or how, how we relate. We might give up part of that. There are ways, but, but, but generosity always requires a sacrifice. That's why we all sometimes stay away. There's no sacrifice on Easter. Easter, yay, Jesus is raised from the dead. And thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you, God, for that. Everlasting life is given that way. Christmas, he was born for me, and we love that. I love Christmas. I'm going to be here for Christmas Eve, you know, when those candlelights are, are passed around. I love that time. But today is about sacrifice, and in sacrifice we discover the life of Christ. We experience the life of a follower of Christ. We, we learn and embrace the tangible life of faith, of walking with God through life in the growing, changing, maturing, lifelong experience of what Jesus said was the abundant life, which is a life we live, a life that we do, not as what's given to us. Third point. A live faith reflected in giving has an amazing supernatural component. And I believe this, I often bring this out to, to my church family, that in this one place, Jesus teaches, the Bible teaches that there is the releasing of a supernatural uh, presence of God in our life. That means that, that God works in one's life in a unique way when we are generous, in a way that he does not nor cannot work if we are not. It actually allows God to work in ways people do not experience who are not generous. People who are do. And lifelong, everyone who is generous will say, here's how God worked. Here's where God helped. Here's where God blessed. Here's where God changed me. Here's where God changed my situation. Here's where God blessed me, multiplying my generous life with a measure that I've used with uh, not the smidgen measure, but with that big cup measure. Fourthly, it's a promise to God's future changes that future. A promise to God's future changes that future. I got to do a wedding yesterday, last, last night, and I, I, I love doing weddings, and I, I have a part I like the most. The first part's good, the last part's good, uh, but the middle part where the vows are made are really all about what marriage is where someone comes and promises to love and honor and be faithful to someone else. And they make the promise back. And then I announce they're married. They made the promise. They made the vow. They have changed their future. Tomorrow will be different because here today they made a promise to someone else. 
And the promise is, until death do us part promise. That's what giving in a commitment campaign really is, where I say, you know, because I, I, we may give anyway. We're probably going to give anyway. We, we may tithe anyway. I don't need a card to do that. But, but that commitment that I make, and I've made mine, all our staff pretty much has made theirs, that, that I've made mine, is saying, that's a promise to my future. That promise is to tomorrow. This is what I want. I want a generous life every week, every month, every year. I want this measure to define my future. This big measure, not the smidgen measure. I want a bigger measure than that. And I don't know where you are in your life, what measure you're going to pick. You have your, it's up to you. You may have already picked yours years ago. You may not have done it yet. You may be praying about it right now. You may be thinking, be thinking I never thought of it that way. You know, there's, there definitely here is a, a half a teaspoon measure. That's part of this package. There's a full teaspoon. Uh, there's, there, there, there's two cups. There's, there's the big four cups. There's even, there's even a smidgen. And there's no measure at all if people choose that. We do not have to be generous. But to do so changes life. So the real question is, do we want to live by the teaching of Jesus Christ? And do we believe he is the son of God? The Bible proclaims that he is. Do we respond that way in living a tangible life of faith and given that way? Do we believe what Jesus said and who he is and what it means and the promises that he makes and how we live according to that and have a transformed life in that process? Well, hear the words again. I'll read them for you. Give. It'll be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. But with the measure you use, be measured to you. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence here today in worship and music and prayer. And our heads bow before you, holy God, right now. And Jesus, we do believe in you. We believe in you, Lord. We believe in your life that you lived your death on the cross for us, your resurrection that gives us life everlasting, your presence here in this service. God, help us somehow over uh, in a moment's time or, or for weeks and months' time to slowly have our life or rapidly have our life live in a moment of generosity that changes our future. Pray in Jesus' name, amen.